0: Been all kinds of kings that had been before him, all kinds of shepherds, all kinds of priests, but no one like him. Aren't you glad you know him today? God bless you, Brother Louis. <clears throat> had mentioned when we opened up this morning, we certainly are saddened by the departure of our brother Jeff Nunley. Um, came in my office Sunday, last Sunday before church, and just really sick and not feeling well, and in church Wednesday night, I kept noticing him there, sitting in his spot, and in pain and sickly, Um, but he wanted to come to church, I talked to Sister Patty this morning, she said, he's so looking forward to church today, I said, well, he moved to where they're having church every day. They never stop. Amen. certainly pleases us to be ready, does it not? Yes, Just that quickly, each of us could be called from life, and whenever we are, we certainly want to, to be ready to be able to meet the Lord. And This is why that He came, so that we would be able to be ready. Amen. Let's read, if you would, in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 10 again, and then we'll offer prayer. <clears throat> I can imagine for the prophet Isaiah saying these tremendous words over 3,000 years ago, 2,800, 2,900 something, I forget exactly the date that this was written, but can you imagine 2,500 to 3,000 years ago, whenever this was being written, and it must have been so strange him saying these words. Yet by inspiration he said them and he believed they were from God, but he had no way to actually prove they were. The people in that day that believed this man to be a prophet, they began to write down the words of these men. It was pondered, looked at, and wondered for centuries, for millennia actually. And once it Came to pass on the earth, the majority of the people never even knew it was there. Thousands of them that had the opportunity to accept him turned him down because he didn't come the way they thought he should. Listen as the Spirit of God inspires this prophet. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed or offspring. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Now listen carefully how that he says this. The pleasure of the Lord or the Lord's desire The Lord's will, the Lord's intent, the Lord's purpose shall prosper in His hands. So here for the first time since the fall of man on the earth, God was able, the Spirit God, to deliver His purpose into the hands of a human being. And with such confidence that the pleasure of the Lord, God's desire, And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Truly the one to meet the breach between divinity and humanity. He shall see of the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many. Not everybody, but many. For he shall bear their Iniquities. Therefore, will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he has poured out his soul. I want you to notice the contrast here between verse 10 and verse 12. According to this messianic prophecy, he has put him to grief when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. So this, of course, is the eternal that will make the offering of the body, or as we call it, the son. When the eternal will make his body as an offering. But notice verse 12 in the humanity, how it's brought in because he has poured out his soul unto death. So the supernatural had so much to do and the human had so much to do. Can't you see yourself? The supernatural will help us to do what we cannot do. But the supernatural will never do what we're supposed to do. Now the supernatural could make his soul an offering for sin. But the will must come from the man, Christ Jesus. God can only help us to get that. Because he has poured out his soul unto death. He was numbered with the transgressors and he bare the sin. Notice now, you argue with this if you want to, the Bible does not say everybody. That's right. That's right. He bare the sin of many. I'm so glad I can say I'm one of them. He bare the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. How many would like to be remembered today before the Lord in prayer as we pray? I want to mention a couple of more requests uh, in additions to what Brother Louie has done. Mentioned Brother Homer Longora received a text from his son Gary this morning. And he, Brother Homer, has been diagnosed with a type of pneumonia. And there is a type of pneumonia that's being associated with the COVID. So they're praying that it's not that. Brother Homer certainly has a weakness in his lungs, bronchitis, different things that he's had in the past. So we want to remember our brother that God will be with him. Also, Brother Matt Watkins from down South Carolina has been diagnosed this week positive for the COVID because of that. Brother Jason has shut down their church for several services just to make sure that it's not being spread. So I know they would appreciate our prayers today. Also, Brother Kirk Sacher's, um sister has a real need in her body, and I want to Preach with this prayer call today, and if you'll just help me pray over it. All of our requests, and let's just take them before the Lord. Heavenly Father, as we come before you today, no doubt, Lord, as myself, the requests that Brother Louis read and made known, most of us probably cannot even remember them. We've been so overwhelmed this year with so many needs. Lord, it seems like every day it's a new one. This one will get better, and then this one has something else. And in time, that one will get better, and another, and on and on it goes. And we're so grateful that we're serving a mighty God who never becomes overwhelmed with all the requests of His children. For you not only take care of your children, but all the little birds All the cattle, all the sheep, all the horses, all the animal life, animals that we still don't even know exist, yet you are concerned about them today. So we know, if you're concerned, and you mentioned it when you were here in your humanity, that not one little sparrow falls to the ground that you don't know about it. So if you know about little birds, how much are you concerned about the needs of your children? So we want to bring before you today this desire, request that we have before you. We lay them before a loving, tender, merciful God. For the sick, the afflicted, Father, we ask in the name of Jesus that you would move. Lord, our hearts go today to Sister Patty, Lord, and Sister Lisa and Brother Jeff's family. Lord, those of us that are left behind, we pray, Father, that you would help us. Your prophet has taught us that when someone gets ready to cross over, that you send someone down by the river to wait for them. Lord, it was just this week that it was Brother David's birthday. By that, we mean his birthday on the earth since we don't celebrate birthdays in heaven. And it was a very special time to Brother Jeff, Sister Patty. I don't know exactly who it was that was sent for him, but in my mind, I just kind of imagined it must have been Brother David, at least one of them, of the heavenly entourage that was sent down to meet our brother. As the emergency squad picked him up and they started working on him and heading toward the hospital. But sometime in between that time and his journey, before they could get him there, and you had already called him home. So here we stand today, Father, Feeling sadness, not because of him or not because of the journey, but just because we're one weaker today, and yes. we'd think of Sister Patty and his sister Lisa and others, Lord God. He loved coming to church so much yes. sometimes they 'd get here at four o'clock in the evening four thirty five five thirty. He went last night to buy him a new shirt because of a condition in his body that he needed a a different shirt that wouldn't press against him. And he said, you're in pain Wednesday night hurting. Brother Rob had to get behind him to help him up to the altar. And he needed a new shirt for today's service. But Lord God, you didn't have him a new shirt but you already had him a new body. (laughs) So that new shirt won't be needed by him because you already made a house not prepared with hands. Father, we pray that you'd help us today. Lord God, take your word and move us, Lord, if you can, for a little bit past our heaviness and our sorrow where we can be able to focus today on the present, those of us that are still here and have needs. Help us today in the service. Would you, Father, help me? You see, Lord, it's very hard on a shepherd's heart. Lord, when we lose a sheep, and not lost in the world, but when they cross over. So I pray you'd help me, Lord, that I can move beyond myself this morning. Speak through me, Lord God, I pray. In the name of Jesus we ask. Amen. God bless you, saints. I love you in the Lord. You may be seated. Tomorrow evening, after the sun sets, about 10 degrees above the horizon of the sunset. So according to those who look at the stars, you'll be able to take your fist, something like this, and place it right on the horizon. And you'll be able to look just above your fist and you'll see the merging together of something that hasn't happened and this magnitude since the year 1226. And that is where the ringed planet of Saturn and the giant Jupiter will come together in their solar path. It's not been like this for all of these years and we know that God declares things in the heavens before he does it on the earth. The astrologers are saying that this is a great heavenly sign of a coming of a new age. That the gay rights people will start having more liberty because the stars are declaring it. The people who were born under Sagittarius and those under the different birth paths will see a financial upswing in their luck. Cancer, the people born under all the different signs and they will start experiencing different things because the stars are lining up. Well, I'm not too much of an astrologist, as you know, or I don't understand too much about Astronomy, But I do know my God wrote his first Bible in the stars. And this time of the year, of course, is <clears throat> the season that we set aside for the human manifestation of our Lord coming on the earth. Although we know he was not born December the 25th but he was born in the time of the spring. So, scientists say this happened again, of course, in seven BC. And then the three stars also aligned, which was Saturn, Jupiter, Venus. But this was around four BC. And we know that it was the three great stars, the three great heavenly bodies that actually aligned and the three came together and made one. Now it looked like it was just one star on the earth but it actually was the three solar paths of these three great giant stars that had come together. And it was only visible from the earth. If we would move out beyond our earthly place here. We would go into a path that would be either higher or lower than the earth's place in the atmosphere where God placed us. It wouldn't even look the same way at all. But God so placed the orbit of the stars where they would be so visible from our planet alone. I've been in Africa, New Zealand, Australia, different parts of the world, and I love the the stars, the skies at night. So no matter where I'm at, in the different parts of the world, I always look up. And I want to see the arrangement of the stars. And it's quite amazing. Uh, We were a couple years ago in Switzerland and France and was able to have some meetings there. At nighttime, uh, I would go out and step out on the balcony there of the hotel where we were, and the Swiss Alps were right in front of us and right behind us, literally right behind us. And to look out at night and see the orchestration of the stars and the way that they look from there in Switzerland, so much different than the way we see it here. But yet all over the earth, those who will view actually as it is called even by scientists the star of Bethlehem tomorrow night from the equator will be the most pristine spot by which a person would be able to see it. So God placed the stars, and we know our planet itself is one of those stars, but God placed it in such a way that the inhabitants of the earth would be able to look up before there was a written Bible and be able to not only keep time, but be able to look and see that the stars in their orbit would declare certain things on the earth. So we know there were magi's, which were men who studied the stars. Plum over in India, As they begin to watch the stars and a prophecy that they had known about from the Old Testament that said there would be a star that would arise. Now, it must have puzzled the spiritual men, the magis, people for centuries. But they begin to take to prophecies of the scripture and try to put it together. And one of the minor prophets of the Old Testament, Micah chapter 5 verse 2, began to write about an advent of one that would come. He didn't mention anything about a star, but he said, O Bethlehem Ephrata, thou that art the least among the princes, yet out of thee shall come forth a ruler, which shall rule my people. No doubt as they would take these things and try to understand them. And God allowed the prophecies to be written and said that people that desired to know would at least have somewhat of an understanding of what to look for. Yet in one sense of the word, they could have never known what it was really speaking about. For it was something by which the whole world would be changed. I imagine the Romans thought that within a month or so, probably no longer than six months, this fable, this man, odd, peculiar, strange, he would be totally forgotten. But I would like to remind Rome today, he has not been forgotten. They probably thought the name Jesus would be identified as some radical, someone who would have a little following. But again, I would like to remind them, there has never been one life that was lived on this earth, who changed both time and the sequence leading into eternity like this one solitary life. We even make our calendars for all the infidels, heathens, and agnostics. We keep our time according to his birth, Because before him, it was BC, after him it is AD. So even if you don't believe him, your calendar does. Even if you don't acknowledge him, the sequence of events speaks of his birth, his death, his burial, his resurrection. Of all the great things that the eternal had unfolded in his creation, there was nothing quite like this. God had made a man in the very image of the great eternal, of that part which was visible. But even in that, which of course was Adam in the garden of Eden, but there was nothing that had been created up to this time that was quite like this creation. He was so human that he could cry, so human that he would have gotten hungry. If you can imagine in your mind, if you would have been around the Lord Jesus, you would have heard his belly growl, like yours and mine does. If we could have been around the Lord Jesus and saw him as a child, if he would have ever been running and tripped on the cobblestone streets of Nazareth, the place where he was raised. And he would have skinned his arm or put bruises on his legs. And Mary would have run to him and picked him up and cuddled him in her arms and wiped the blood off of his arms or his hands. Or the Lord Jesus would have been so much human that he could have sprained his ankle as he fell or maybe a week after the fall that he'd had running down the path in Nazareth, a big old bruise popped up on his leg. You imagine that Satan as he knew there was something different about this child, but he looked at the bruises, and he would watch Mary as she would come up to this little boy child of hers, and take whatever form that they used at that time and would have wiped Jesus' runny nose. And if they had colds in that day, the Lord Jesus could have sneezed. And she could have wiped his nose. You okay? You okay, Jesus? Yes, mama. I'm Okay. But Mary, did you know that the very child that you delivered would one day deliver you? Did you know, did you know, did it ever strike your heart that when you held his tiny hand and you looked into his tiny baby face, you was looking into the face of God? It's really a shame that after 2,000 years of Christianity, the majority of the Christian world still don't believe that. But they believe somehow he was a watered-down version or a weakened version or another person that came from the eternal. But my friend, he was not another person. He was the self-same person. Now, though it may seem difficult, if we will let our minds just go this morning, past tradition and past natural conceivings of what we've been taught, maybe, and allow our minds by revelation to go into the realm that would be invisible and see that the great eternal wanted to express himself and this greatest of all expressions, human form. A human form that would so conceive in a virgin womb, it would be created by the eternal himself that would cause an egg not to drop down from the tubes of the woman. A germ that would not proceed from another male, but the eternal would create both egg and germ, and by a union, allow them to come together in a woman's body. This was actually the new creation of God, or the creation of himself. How could the eternal, that which never began, that which will never have an end, ever become Creation only in Christ. When God pronounced the great penalty of Adam, before Adam ever partook of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, the day you eat thereof, that day ye shall die. And God made this judgment, it would be unjust of God to send a boy of his, or an angel from his court, or a cherubim from his holy presence to take the penalty of that law and pay that supreme price. The only way justice could ever be met was for the judge himself to bear the penalty of that law. And how can that be when the judge is invisible and the judge has no body, much less a body that could suffer So the judge, through the act of condescension, purposed a plan before there was ever a man. He purposed a cross before there was ever anybody lost. Amen. And that was that he himself would become the sin bearer. Listen to this and why it had to be shepherds. He started a new creation. What was it? A creation of himself. God was made flesh and dwelt among us. That's the Bible said in the beginning of the creation of God. God was created in human form in Jesus Christ, his son. God dwelt, he built his tabernacle of flesh and bones and lived in that tabernacle, God, Emmanuel, God with us he built himself a house to live in it so he could reflect his word to his subjects through that now this is god's divine plan that he can reflect his word to his subjects through that mediator work through the body of the Lord Jesus, now this is what the Son of God was. It was the Holy Spirit living in a human body which he, when he was here, called himself the Son of Man. Remember, Jesus identified himself as Son of Man. Daniel saw him as Son of Man. Ezekiel was identified as Son of Man. As we looked at it Wednesday night, Stephen, the great martyr, saw him as son of man. What is son of man? It's God's part of the deposit in humanity. Well, Brother Donnie, what's the Son of God, Holy Spirit. It is the form of God which God can condescend. How many has the Holy Ghost here this morning? But none of us has the person of God. Praise the Lord. God is omnipotent, omnimission, omnipresent, and all of that. But that great eternal is there in the great realm of the heavenly courts around the throne of God where his angels stand. But do we have a portion of the Spirit of God today? We do. What is that? That's the Holy Ghost. Same God all along but manifesting himself through the church ages in the form of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. This is why it was so essential that the ministry of the Son of Man come again in the last days. We did not need another virgin to give birth to another baby. Praise the Lord. We did not need the body of the Lord Jesus to come to the earth and die again for the for the people. No, he's already done that once and for all. And we did not need just a baptism of the Holy Ghost, but we needed the appearing of the Son of Man. What is Son of Man? The attribute of the deity of God identified in a human body on the earth, come on saints. The attribute of the deity of God and when that comes on the earth, it is a special sign and God declares it in the heavens. So when the Son of Man was on the earth in the days of the Lord Jesus, the heavens declared it. In our day, the heavens declared it. So I wonder, my brother, sister, I wonder if the signs in the heavens is not declaring that there's a bride on the earth. In 1962, the appearing of the star, of course, was a great sign. But it was a sign there was an infant bride on the earth. Surely by now, my, my, she's grown up. Amen. If it was in 1962, then what about 2020? Notice this. God created in human form in Jesus Christ, his son. God dwelt. He built his tabernacle of flesh and bones and lived in that tabernacle. God, Emmanuel, God with us. Notice then by the new birth, the new creation continues on. Now, how we so thank him for coming to the earth, and we celebrate. And my, there's so much stuff that's that's going on around the Christmas season and all that sort of thing. And people will buy and they will give gifts and they will do this and that and the other. And many of them have no idea even what Christmas is even all about. But yet they will celebrate Christmas. And to really think about what does it truly mean? Is it only something that was signified by a child coming to the it's a great holy child, and is something that's in past tense. No, let's update Christmas this year. Let's not leave it 2,000 years ago, but the very token of Christmas is still ongoing in the lives of those that are born again. For Jesus Christ was the beginning of this new creation of God. So God did not create just one of this new species. So what was this new species? It was God, divinity, living in a man, humanity. So it was the invisible God to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. First Timothy 3.16, for without controversy, greatest submission of God in us, God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preaching to the Gentiles, received up unto glory. St. John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, in verse 14, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. St. John ten thirty. I and my Father are one. So the new creation is divinity living in humanity. Now remember according to what we read in Isaiah that Jesus would see his gene or his seed or actually the Hebrew word sperma he would see his descendants. This is amazing of course but we know that he's speaking about spiritual children. So what is this new race? It is God living inside of human beings bodies. So if We would have a 2020 manger scene. And we would want to have a current major scene of this day that we're living in. It would not be a little baby boy setting out in a manger and, and wise men and you know a donkey and a horse and a cow. It would not be shepherds setting out there. But what would be the current major scene? It would be a little girl with the Holy Ghost, or a young man, or a young woman, or a seventy-year-old man, or an eighty-year-old woman. Because we have updated the manger scene because. As the manger scene is the manger of our heart. And the new birth is still proclaiming that the king is here. So the king was not, well, he was here, he was here. No, I'm not here to tell you he was here. I'm here to tell you he is still here. And his great work, which he started 2,000 years ago, is still ongoing today. So now notice what takes place. So the oneness of God that started in the womb of a virgin. So God creates the female. God creates the male. And it comes together. And there the human body of Jesus started taking shape and form. And he started pulling, of course, nutrients from her body. And he lived from the nutrients of things that she would eat. But not one drop of Mary's blood was in his body. Not one cell, not no DNA, no RMDNA. There was nothing from her at all except he received the nutrients from her, amen? But yet he was a new creation. Now we know, of course, he lived on the earth as a man, and then he goes up and he's baptized by John, and then the fullness. You said, what was he when he was born? He was the Word made manifest or made flesh when he was born. But the fullness of the Godhead bodily entered into him at the set time. Remember, a priest could not become into the office of high priest until he was thirty years old. So the Lord Jesus never acted out the fullness of his position until the Father came to dwell in him fully whenever he received that attribute. Is that right? Then he lives his life. The life of God goes out of him. The body ascends up. He comes back in the form of the Holy Ghost. Now what is it? God in the form of the Son of God, which is not a human body being divided. You didn't get a fingernail and you got a toenail and you got an ear and you got a finger of Jesus. None of us have the corporal body of the Lord Jesus, it's there in heaven today. Is that right? That's what we're waiting for to come in the rapture. So what do we have? We have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. What is that? It's God broken down in a form by which he could divide himself. You see, the eternal cannot be divided in his great eternal form. So he condescended his human form in the Lord Jesus and then the condescension is still ongoing that he would be able to divide himself. Can you imagine how many people that there are on the earth that have been saved. How many people that are sanctified? Now, remember, even those that aren't bride, many of them are saved and they have received a work of the grace of God in their lives. Many that are sanctified, it is a work of the grace of God in their lives. Who did it? The Spirit of God did it. For those who receive the Holy Ghost, what is that? Indwelling presence of God, the person of the Lord Jesus, in their soul. And yet, He is not diminished at all. Let's set this. This way, If there were a hundred million people on the earth, if there were that many, that had the baptism of the Holy Ghost and each one of them had the attribute of the fullness of the Holy Ghost in their soul and yet God, that great eternal, is the same in essence and character and traits and characteristics on the throne of God. He is not weakened at all when a person gives all oh, when they receive the Holy Ghost. Now, out of this bottle right here this morning, if I gave you a thimble full you assemble for every person I give the bottle has less and less and less. Is that right? So I pour you a glass and I pour you a glass and all the rest of you gonna to have to go without it. Because a couple glasses, I do good to get that out of this bottle. But if you can imagine the eternal empties himself out to this one, to that one, to that one, to that one, to that one. Can't you see what the Lord Jesus was doing when he was multiplying the fishes and the loaves? He was showing the eternal essence of the Almighty God. He was showing the eternal essence of once you bring into the resurrection that you can break it off and it grows back, break it off and it grows back, break it off. Oh, hallelujah. Every person here today with, with the Holy Ghost, then what about those in Africa and India around the world? Every one of those that have it and yet there he is in the great presence of Almighty God. He is not one bit weaker now. There's more people, think of it. There's more people on the earth today with the Holy Ghost than there has ever been. Think of it, in the first century, those few hundred and twenty that started out, and then it went down to the Dark Ages, then the Reformation, and then in 1906, praise God. But think about it now, when all over the earth, people that are truly born again, of the baptism of the Holy Ghost, there has never been so many on the earth that are full of the Holy Ghost, and yet our God is just as great this morning as he was before he ever created one moon, one star, One atom, one molecule of light. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Notice this, on the day of Pentecost, we find the Holy Spirit, the pillar of fire, separating himself, separating himself. Notice Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. This is the form of God that can be divided. Setting upon each member of that church, God putting his self together. But now before he can be put together in bride form, he's got to separate himself in groom form. Now think of Adam standing in the garden of Eden with no companion, no one to share paradise with, Before he could ever be united to this female, he must first be separated. And what did God separate out of that man? Her identity which was created in her, in him rather, when Adam was there by himself. God did not make Adam's spirit, then make Eve's spirit, but male and female created he them. She is part of the original creation. But now her body is a byproduct. But how is God ever going to bring them together? God must separate himself. He must separate Adam and divide what is in Adam and put it in another body. Then God can bring her to him. Oh glory, God can bring her to him, but first she had to come out of him. So in order to be joined together in a union, she had to be separated out of Adam's body. Can't you see why? The Lord God had to come to the earth in the form not of Lord God. He could not come to the earth in the form of Lord God. He had to come to the earth in the form of Son of God. What is Son of God? A projection from the eternal, a creation of time, a body, a house, a tabernacle, that the eternal could live in. Oh, think of it, friend. For those saints, my, this morning, early, when Brother Jeff went on to the other realm, the other dimension, what happened to that soul? That soul went back into the presence of God. But what happened to that to that house of course the undertaker and them will get it sometime during the day but that was not him anyway that was not him the real him is that part which fed on this word the real part of you is not that part so full of your humanity and full of your mistakes and that part which worries you and wears you down but that real you is that eternal part that God separated from himself but in order to get you back in true wonder he had to project you from himself and then come to you as the male, hallelujah, and the form of the baptism of the Holy Ghost and join your part with that great eternal and then baptize you with the Holy Ghost and birth your soul. And what does he do? Add you into the new race. Praise God, you're already in it this morning. Notice this, God putting himself together. Then with that group of people together, what does it do? It brings back the unified body of the Lord Jesus. Notice in Galatians chapter four that Paul says it this way. My little children of whom I travail in birth again until Christ. Notice he doesn't say Jesus. Now what is Jesus? That's the name of the human body. Thou shalt call his name. The angel did not tell Mary, thou shalt call his name the Lord Jesus Christ. Search your Bible. Thou shalt call his name Jesus. When did he become Christ? When the Father went in him. What was he? Anointed Messiah. What's Mishiah, which is the Greek, what does it mean? The anointed one. One that will be anointed above his brethren. Praise the Lord. And that was when? At the river Jordan. So it was Jesus. Well, glory. He walked in the water as Jesus. He walked out as Jesus Christ. You see, when you come to the Lord, now look, he was the word. He lived a holy life. He was without sin and all of that. But he did not become Christ. Until the Father came in Him, you can go to church, you can pay your tithes, you can be loyal, you can do all of those things, but you cannot become the Anointed One, part of the Last Day Messiahs, until you come into Christ and Christ come. Well, I believe, I confess, all oh, that's well and good. That still ain't enough. Amen. My little children, of whom I travail and burst again, until Christ be formed in you. So what is it that Paul is wanting to see? He's wanting the work of reincarnation on a divine level to take place in the people of God. And Paul sees his part as a messenger sent from God that he was the one actually travailing. What was he doing? Bringing the word of the hour laboring, trying to go about and be able to bring the gospel light expressed in human form. And Paul said, I'm travailing. It's amazing how he takes this on, as if though he were a woman. Now we know a woman is what travails in birth pain, but yet Paul said, I am travailing again, that the Christ could be formed in you. Notice again in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ that liveth in me. Notice again, he does not say Jesus. Why? Because the body Jesus is there on the throne of God. What is Christ? Son of God, the anointing, that part which can be divided. You understand what I'm saying, Joey? You've got a part, you've got a part, you've got a part, everyone here today with the spirit of God in your life, you've got a part, but that's not Jesus, that's Christ, Christ, son of God baptism of the Holy Ghost, God dividing the second Adam, releasing out of the body of the Lord Jesus his wife. What come out of his body? Water, blood, spirit. How do we get back into that body? Shaking a preacher's hand, joining the church, coming to church, paying your tithes, being a good person. We come back, water, blood, spirit. Then he separated us, divided us, that he might reunite us again, but reunite us in our own identity. You see, he dwelt with us in his mind but he didn't want us to be in his mind. He wanted us to be around his throne. He wanted to share his kingdom with us. He wanted us to have houses. He wanted to provide a place for us that there would be parks and gardens and trees. Oh, praise God. He knew that if he made you out of the earth, there would be an earthly identity with you your entire life. You watch them people that was carried beyond the curtain of time, and when Brother Renan went up there in that, that sixth dimension to see them, they said, we don't eat here, but one day we go back to earth and take up bodies. Now, can you imagine the sixth dimension? It's hard for us to comprehend it. It's perfection beyond perfection. Oh, everything that you can imagine is holy and righteous and pure, but there was something in them still longing for an earthly body. We don't eat here. We don't drink here. But one day, we will go back to earth and take up bodies. Praise be to God. And you will present us to the Lord Jesus. And you will be judged first. Fifth seal. You will be judged first. And if you are accepted, and you will be... Amen, if you are accepted, and you will be, then we will go in on your teaching. Amen. And Happy Valley said, praise be to God. Amen. Will Paul be judged? Yes, every messenger will be judged. Well, if Paul's group makes it? So will mine. Will he taught, be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus? I did too. Or he taught this, we he taught that? I did too and millions of voices screamed out, we are resting on that. We are resting on that. Hallelujah. How many is resting on that this morning? Praise be to God. Notice Paul says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Whoa. How many eyes were there that Paul was talking about? Nevertheless, I am crucified. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. So there was one I that lived and one I that was dead. (laughs) And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the face Of the Son of God. Not faith in the Son of God. Oh, I believe in Jesus. Uh Uh-uh. It's the faith of the Son of God. What is it? It's him, the male. Don't you see? You had the egg form of the expression of the spoken word. You had that in you when you were born. You don't remember? No more than I remember. But that egg was in you then. But it was laying there without life. So what does he do? He gives you himself, which is what? Even when you start coming toward him, Brother Skip, before we ever got the baptism of the Holy Ghost, he allocated to us the face of the Son of God. So what was it about? Oh, one day I made up my mind. One day I just come to a spot in the road and I turn. And what was it that made you Turn. Some of you love drinking alcohol. You love being the life of the party. You got out on the dance floor and acted like a complete imbecile. And you loved it. You absolutely love being all that. You love being drunk. Don't sit there and look at me. You love smoking them winsons and pale males and coughing like I don't know what. You loved it, but something happened to you one day and you come up to a spot and you just said, I don't want to do this no more. What was it? The faith of the son of God come upon the female counterpart in your nature hallelujah, that deposit of almighty God and it brought together what? A union. And the little eagle of a seed began to say, mama, mama, what can I do? Mama, what can I do? You're not a chicken, honey. Flop them wings and I'll catch you. Hallelujah. What a peculiar statement for this man to make. I am crucified with Christ, yet not literally, because there was only two men, malefactors, that were crucified with him, literally. But how was Paul crucified with Christ? Mystically, spiritually, in a symbol, right? Being the head of the new race. Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. So Christ was crucified for Paul, and Paul died in him. And God made Paul pay for his sins in that body. (laughs) Yet, there's another one that lives, and he said, yet not I, not I, not the same I that I was before, but now I'm a different I. In the state of unregeneracy, I was that one which was lost. I persecuted the church. But one day the faith of the Son of God met me on the road to Damascus, and I said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I'm Jesus. I'm Jesus, and it's hard for you to kick against the pricks. You're persecuting me. Who is he persecuting? The church, which was Jesus in bride form. He had separated her from himself. Now he had brought her back together again, which meant he was her protector. Notice, he was a Pharisee. Then he become quickened. He was no longer Pharisee nor Sadducee but changed by the grace of God. Now he said, Christ liveth in me, who is not only the author of life. Now this is where a lot of the church of course go. Well, Christ is the author of life and Christ is the giver of life. And Christ gives us all these things that we don't deserve. And then we struggle along, we barely make it. No, no, no. We're talking about the bride now, that the bride, it does not just receive a gift from this great Messiah. The bride does not just receive life and receive faith. And she struggles along and tries to live right. But the bride actually receives him. If any of y'all ever come to a wedding here that we've had to the church and see me stand up here and marry a beautiful young lady to a box of candy. Really? What about a beautiful young lady to a horse? A cow? A dog? A car? A home? Now maybe her husband-to-be, bought her a home, a house, a car, but she don't marry the gifts, she marries the giver. Now she knows if she gets him, whatever he owns, more than half of it belongs to her. Now come on brothers, help me now. Oh my, a lot of times me and Carol go shopping and she'll buy this for the girls and this for the girls and this for herself and that for herself and the cashiers will say, don't you get nothing? (laughs) And I've said this for years and years and they always laugh and get a joke out. I said, well, to be honest with you, ma'am, my wife and I had this agreement 47 years ago. Everything would be 50-50. $50 $50 for her, 50 cents for me. (laughs) Y'all think that's funny, do you? <laughs> Y'all you to try to live on that meager wage. So the Lord Jesus taken this upon himself. And he is the heir to everything. But what does he want to do? He's a loving husband. So he says, let everything be 50-50. Let her have my life. Let her have my name, my nature. Let her have everything. And I will take her sin, I will take her reproach, I will bear her shame, her humiliation, Even after I ascend into the heavens and become the high priest, I will not even receive my crown, my royal diadem, my robe. I will not even bear that for 2,000 years. I will stay in this stead of mediator for 2,000 years after my ascension, waiting for my bride to come. Can you imagine what king would wait for 2,000 years to get his crown? You understand? The Lord Jesus has not yet been crowned. Oh my, symbolism of the mystical part of what he is. What does he have on? He still has on the garments of the high priest. He still has blood on his garments. Why? Because you need blood. You need mercy. You need forgiveness. And as long as there's one in that book that needs it, he will provide it. Oh my. Notice this in Galatians 3.27. For as many of you as have been baptized, dipped, immersed into Christ, have put on Christ. Being baptized in water appears only a symbol. Deacons can do that, preachers can do that, but there's only one that can take your soul and immerse it. You imagine, here's a baptismal pool of Christ. So the Holy Spirit of God takes your soul and dips you. And you come up what? Wet with Christ. This is why we don't get a little da- a dish of water and sprinkle here. We don't believe in sprinkling here. We believe in being baptized. I don't wanna just be sprinkled with Christ. I wanna be immersed. I wanna be rolled over. I mean, however long he's gotta keep me down there if I'm going up once and then twice and three, keep me down there long enough so I'm a changed person when I come back up. So those that are truly baptized, baptizo into Christ, have actually put on Christ, which is the Greek word in duo, which means put on clothing, sunk, sunk, sunk. Into clothing. So you're baptized into Christ, and when you come out, your new clothes is Christ's clothes. Guess what, friends? Drinking's over, smoking's over, cussing's over, lying, cheating. On. Oh, I'm trying to live a Christian life. I'm trying to, you might as well forget it. Ain't nobody can live a Christian life, but that's Christ Himself. If you're baptized into Christ, this is what the Christmas is all about. Christmas is not just celebrating something in the past. It's something that's going on right now and also fixing to happen in the future. Notice Colossians 1:27, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. Which is Christ. Notice how many times Paul says this over and over again and never says Jesus. It's not Jesus in you, it's Christ. It would be impossible for the body of Jesus to get inside of my body. But Christ walked in me years ago. Sometimes when I go to preaching, and something takes me and moves beyond my notes and moves beyond my thoughts. I don't know how to explain it to you other than this way. And it's like another person starts looking out of my eyes. And I go to saying things that I've not even ever even thought about in my life. Carol told me the other day, she said, That must be awesome. I said, It is awesome, but it's also scary it's very scary because you don't know where you're going you don't have no idea which way he's going to take it. it's awesome alright it's awesome but I'll tell you one thing God don't want preachers this experience that I believe he wants every son every daughter of God to have that supernatural experience with God that it's no longer you trying to live a life of the gospel but it's Christ in you the hope of glory this is the mystery that was made known to the Gentiles can you imagine the Jews as they read this as the Jews read these epistles, they probably thought them people are out of their mind. That Paul has gone completely stark raving mad. He's telling them people that this Jesus is in them, that this Christ, oh to us, we've had it for thousands of years, and we read it and read it. Can you imagine being a first century Christian and them getting this book of Colossians and the Roman authorities and whoever more said, this people's crazy. Why they're a cult. Now they're teaching that this Jesus is living inside of them. Now they're teaching that this Christ is being formed. They must have thought they were crazy. They do us today too. Well, praise the Lord. Which is Christ in you, the hope. Not Christ around you. Not Christ moving on your flesh, but actually Christ in you. Ephesians 2.10. Hope y'all ready for this one. For we are his workmanship. And the word workmanship denotes a work of art or a masterpiece. So y'all sitting there thinking, and you are a masterpiece? Yep. Gray hair and all. Wrinkles and all. Oh, but don't focus so much on the outside. Ah, ah, I'm certainly by the grace of God I'm kept by the grace of God. But the real work of art is a work of the heart. It's not just the outside part, because as we know, we will certainly all go by the way of death unless the Lord comes first. But we are his workmanship, and God don't make no junk. Notice this, we are his workmanship, created, Lord, children, created in Christ Jesus. Unto good works, so the creation of God is not by good works, but unto good works. I know this is gonna blow some of you away, but in in actual reality, you would not could not do the good works of Ephesians two ten until first a creation took place in our soul. Now we say, Well, I do this and I do this and I do that, and that's good work. But watch Paul shows how contrasting that these types of work, these are a type of works that is beyond human capability. Oh, you're saying, well, I donate so much to the, uh, you know, to feed the poor and and I really dig deep down there. I walk by the Salvation Army and I give them a quarter. Boy, you are digging deep, Angie. Oh, I tell you what, I help buy food bags and this and that and the other. That's not the good works he's talking about. We were so far from these works, we had to be recreated to even start doing them. This is not something Well, if I'll quit this and quit that I'll come to Christ and I'll be good enough. You'll never be good enough. There is none good but God. These kind of works cannot be done and accomplished by human beings. It's only when the creator creates in them the new creation and from the core of their soul these types of deity works start living out. Praise be to God. We are his workmanship created. Lord have mercy. So when were we created in Christ Jesus? Unto good works which God has before ordained. You see, if you do not do good works, this caliber of good, you're not born again. And if you are born again, you will do these types of deity-infused works. I'm oh, not feed the poor. Sure. All kinds of folks feed the poor that's not even saved. Oh, yeah, Christmas Eve. You know, Brother Man said he wished it'd be Christmas all year round because people are so nice and so kind. Except if you're looking for a parking spot in the mall or, you know, Walmart or something like that, and they'll run over you then. So be careful here this next week, okay? But there's something about Christmas and people go to, oh my, holly jolly, and giving and doing this and that and the other. And it does move people, we know that. But how would you imagine a world where every day no death, no suffering, no heartache, no trouble, no baby's gonna die, nobody rush to the ER, there won't be no ER. There won't be no hospital. There won't be no suffering. And how is it all possible? Because God became a baby. Amen. Amen. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. You see, we are not saved by good works. But we are created unto Good works, so little inward capacity of our humanity had this capability in us that we actually had to be created to be able to do it. Created unto good works. Notice this, verse 24 of Ephesians four, that ye put on, ah, the new man, which after God is created. Lord, Jesus, the new man is created after the image of God. That you put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. David said it this way in Psalms 102 verse 18. This shall be written for the generation to come. And the people which shall be created shall praise the Lord. I want you to notice that David didn't say generations. Why, because God ain't got grandchildren or great-great-grandchildren or great-great-great-great-great-grandchildren. God's got one generation. I'm standing right here today and I'm a full-blooded brother to Peter, James, John, Paul, Bartholomew, Matthew, Luke, John, is that right? Notice what will happen to this. This shall be written for the generation to come and the people which shall be created. And what are they going to do? Praise the Lord. Amen. Isaiah forty three twenty one. this people have I formed for myself. They shall show forth My praise. Brother, sister, this is another true sign that you've truly been born again. It creates a desire to praise your Lord. Created after the image of God. So, let me close with this. The divine image has been restored to the souls of those who are born again. In this respect, we have been so renewed, so recreated that we bear in our soul the image of God. The divine image has been restored. let stand. Let me read this with you in Genesis 127. So God created man. In his own image. In the image of God. Created he him. Male. And female. Created he. Them. But notice Genesis 2.7. We'll pick it up again. And the Lord God. Formed. Man. Of the dust of the ground. Formed man, not created him. Right. Right. You see, the human body was not an act of new creation, but an act of taking dust and forming. Like your children will take Play-Doh and your little girls, and they're learning how to bake, and they'll roll the dough out, and then they take and do this and that and the other with it. So here was the eternal stepping down in the revealed form, which was Christ, the Logos, that looked like a man. And God formed him. You imagine the great eternal taking dust and forming fingers. God forming a heart and forming sinew and tissues and muscles and bones. But God didn't create him. Not this man of Genesis 2-7. Notice the separate works. What's he foreshadowing? The new birth. So what did God make first? The body? No. The created image. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Then the Lord God. Notice it is God. Created in Genesis 1, but the Lord God formed in Genesis 2 of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils. So here he stands, lifeless. So God shaped all the dust together. and We don't know. He might have took a little moisture and put it together with the cosmic lights and the moisture and the calcium and the potash and scraped it all together. He might have got his hands wet. Ain't no wonder that he'd done that when he was here to rub on some guy's eyes. You see, when we make mud men and mud tractors and mud this and that and other, we could breathe all day till we pass out. We can't breathe into it the breath of life. But God can take mud or dust and water and go to playing it as it were. When God gets done, he forms it and shapes it. Then God puts his mouth on its mouth. And God gives it mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. And man... And his lungs fill with air. Praise God. Notice. Paul says in Galatians 6.15, For in Christ Jesus... Neither circumcision us anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. This is what happened to you when you got the Holy Ghost. The Lord God breathed into your seed, Gina, the breath of life. He was the masculine upon your feminist recipient and your seed. Jumped to life. Why? Wow. When you recognized the other thing was just tradition and all that sort of thing, and you recognized the very word of God was eagle food, you heard from your theophany. I didn't even know I had one. Did you? I didn't even know I had a theophany. But I heard from it. What is it? My representation in the eternal. Praise be to God, Christ being formed in us. Now we hear said all along, and I, if if I wouldn't be thrown in jail and thought crazy, I would say it, out out here in the world for the rest of this week. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. That's what we hear. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. But if I would update it to where it is, it's Merry Christ in us. 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 What does Merry Christmas even mean? Anybody even know what it's supposed to even mean in the first place? It's just something people say. If you'd ask most people, what does that even mean? Well, well, I don't want you to be happy in Christmas. Well, I want you to be happy after Christmas, so I'll say Merry Christ in us. I want you to be happy on Groundhog's Day. I want you to be happy on leap year. I want you to be happy every day of the year that you can be happy and Christmas won't do it for you. Because before long, Christmas will be gone and all of that will be past and it'll be behind us. Thank God for another year. But brother, sister, I wanna rejoice every day of my life with Mary Christ in me. I said, Mary Christ in me. Don't you love him with all your heart? God's appropriate gifts, the prophet says it this way. This is the way to worship. You come and worship Him, then you present your gifts. So, this is what the wise men done gold, frankincense, and myrrh, deity, and service for death. They worshiped, and then they presented their gifts. Let's worship. Let's keep Jesus the center of all this, not Santa Claus. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good, so be good for goodness sake. Lies, lies, and more lies. He don't see you when you're sleeping. He don't know when you're awake. There's only one person that knows that, and that's God. Amen.
1: Amen.
0: Don't you love it? if you've never opened your soul to be the manger by which he can come and be reincarnated again in your life. My little children of Happy Valley, I travail for you. I pray for you. I want you so desperately to let Christ be formed. that it won't be you struggling to try to live right and struggling to try to do that. If you let Jesus be the driver of your life and you are the co-pilot. A lot of folks say, well, God's my co-pilot and it's evident to see that, but where all they go. And they boot the co-pilot out. But if you let him be the steering guide of your life and then you're just his passenger up front, that means there's no room for the hitchhiking devil. No seats of it. Hallelujah. <laughs> the Lord Jesus guides my life. And me and him are buddies, so, devil, ain't even no room for you in the trunk. Amen. So, get out of here and leave me alone. Amen. Is this what we want, friends? Whatever the reciprocating counterpart is, no doubt if a prophet was here, he'd be able to look up in the heavens and say, This is because of this, and this is this. Well, I, I can't do that, I don't, I don't know. But I'm sure there's a significance. But I just want to be one with him. Let him reflect himself in us. Can we bow our heads together? Now, some of you are probably buying Christmas gifts for your family and your friends and your loved ones and so on. And Brother Bram talked about how the people brought him things. And they brought him pies and they brought him candy. And the church would buy him a new suit or a new coat or whatever more. And he said, now when you bought that, they bought him and Brother Neville... A coat, and they brought him a suit. And he said, whenever you brought that new coat for us and give it to us, he said, you bought it for Jesus. So we we see that in a symbol. So some of you are so concerned about buying this one, something. Oh, would they like it? Oh, I don't know. I'll, I'll give them money. And we get so caught up with such. But what about the king of eternity? Have you thought about what you might want to give him during this season since... He's really the reason that it's all about, supposedly. what are you going to give Jesus for this Christ in us time? He don't want a gift card from Coles. He, he don't need a gift card from Outback or red lobster, or I'll tell you what he wants. He wants something that's so feeble and so broke down and so weak, something that's so insufficient, and that's something is you and I. Are we willing in this season of giving to give Jesus our all? What about it, friends? Men, women, boys, girls. If there's a part of you that you've kept back, why don't you wrap it up in the wrapping paper of humility and grace? put Crown it with a little bit of love and gentleness and say, Lord Jesus, I've kept this from you ever since I've been saved. I've kept this secret part of my life and this secret sin. I'm sorry. I want to give it to you, Lord. Visible audience, invisible audience as well. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for coming to the earth. We know, Lord, you wasn't born during this time of the year, but It's the time we know where this actually originated from. It was Constantine that wanted to merge over Christianity into the time of the Roman circus. So this time of the year was the time of the Roman circus and Jupiter, his birthday, and a lot of the heathen worship. So Constantine supposedly had got saved and His mother then went, of course, to Jerusalem to try to find all the sacred spots so they could start building churches. So his mother, many people may not know it, but his mother is the one who comes and tries to find out where Calvary was and where the tomb was and where he was born. There to this day is where many of the churches and mausoleums and so on stand because of Constantine's mother. Lord Jesus, we're so grateful. We don't have to look for the tomb where you were. We're more concerned about the manger where you are. Lord, we stood there a couple years ago, and it's debated, was, it, was this Calvary, or was actually the Calvary outside the city called Gordon's Calvary? Is that the real place, or is this the tomb where he was in? And others say, no, it wasn't there. It was over here. They're doing the same thing to you today. They're saying, oh, he's in our church. He's not over there with them. And others say, no, 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 he's not over there with them, but he's here with us. But we believe where you are, you will identify yourself. You always did. So this is what we want, Lord. Identify yourself that you're with us. Anybody can say, Jesus is in our church. Praise God. Adam could say, there's something in me longing for something, but I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. But when you put him to sleep and he started coming out of that sedated stage and he felt a hand, a hold of his hand, maybe he batted his eyes several times and you told the woman, stand near him. So when he comes to, you'll be the first thing he'll see. I can see him as he's laying there and he starts to bat his eyes. He's coming out of it, Lord, as I, I've stood with many as they come out of major surgeries and watch them and they don't know where they are and they're trying to gain consciousness. And it must have been an awesome thing that day. He opens up his eyes and there she stands. The most perfect woman that ever drew a breath. Her blonde hair, her blue eyes, Praise God. How he must have looked at her and thought, am I dreaming? What is this? Who are you? Where did you come from? But then it struck him. And he said, you are Ishai, which is a woman. Because you came from Ish, which is man. Praise God. Lord Jesus, I pray the presence of God would come near every heart here today that don't have the true seal of the Holy Ghost. May that rush, that flutter of the new birth, may it consummate and pull their gene into the wind of God. May the breath of God breathe across this place today. May a teenage boy be born again. A 50-year-old man, an 80-year-old woman streaming the service. May the breath of God breathe across the world today until your children
1: (gasps) catch the breath
0: of life. Then we will put on Jesus Christ. We'll live Jesus on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Every day out of the week, Help us, Lord God, I pray. Oh Jesus, if the word that was formed in Mary, and it could come to pass in her, surely it can be born in us today, Lord. Let your word be formed in me, Lord Jesus. How I many is that your desire? You want the word to be formed in you. Not a church, not shaking a hand, membership. But Christ in you, the hope of glory. So on the rapture, what's he coming for? Himself. Amen. Himself. Who's living this Christian life? Himself. In surrendered bodies. Amen. Hey, let's up together. Can we just worship him just a few minutes before we go? You appreciate him coming to the earth? You're the reason, friends. I'm the reason. He wants to live himself in our lives. Let's just worship a little together before we go.
1: Oh, draw me low Oh, Now give myself away. I give myself. save me from see that the Lord is good. Oh, blessed is he who hides in him. Oh, fear the Lord. All ye say he'll give you everything. He'll give you everything. Can we magnify the Lord. Give you everything, we we'll give you everything. Lord coming and speaking to our hearts appreciate our pastor the time he puts in in our services pray that everybody here has a wonderful christ in us just that you have a great time with your family and let's pray for each other And the loss of the, the jeff let i remember sister patty ann as we as we go but i just hope each of you have a great holiday season let's sing joy to the world as we, as you're dismissed this morning just take the take this service with you Joy to the world, the Lord.